that futon thing I got. Yeah. And I'm like, shit, this is comfortable. No wonder yeah. Ben wants to record here all the time. <laughs> Anyways, we need to stop. We got to get into this shit. So. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of 4.30 in the morning. This is your boy, Ben. And Pat is back as well. 64. Episode number 64. What do you got for 64? You got anything? Um, It might be J.C. Treader's number, the center for the Browns. I think he's 64. You think? I don't know. He is also the NFL Players Association boss, so that's pretty cool. He's the president of the Players Union, which is funny because he went to like Cornell or something, Hmm. and he majored in industrial labor relations. No shit. So everybody says that. Perfect fit. (laughs) Oh, you're going to be a pro football player. You're not going to be using your college degree. Right. Look at him. (laughs) Well, he's he's the labor, he's a union boss for the Players Association, so that's pretty cool. Isn't Aaron Rodgers one, too? Or he used to be or something? He might have been like an under whatever. Okay. But J.C. Treader is the fucking union. He's the top dog in the Players Association right now. That's sweet. Good for him. That's usually a post not held by a player. It's usually either a former player, or just a business executive, or a lawyer. Well, at least he's qualified, yeah, in some, in some in some way. But he's he's doing double duty. He's blocking for Baker Mayfield, and he's running the players' union. So wow, I think that's pretty cool. Cool. Anyways, what kind of news do you have today, sir? I have two news stories. Okay, I brought four because I'm sure you're going to have at least one of these. Jesus Lord. Okay, so Go, you 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 start off. Okay, my first one comes from our favorites, UPI. Odd news. All right. Wandering Seal leads police on slow speed chase to law firm in England. I saw this one, but I didn't do it. No, it's kind of funny because we ran the sea lion. Yes. Now, we've we've got a seal in the mix, which to me, it's a little bit more difficult for a seal to transport itself as as such, as opposed to a sea lion. Anyways, police in England said a seal wandering near the center of a town led officers on one of their slower pursuits when it fled to a nearby lawyer's office. Humberside police said the seal was spotted underneath a parked car in Grimsby earlier Thursday morning, and the animal fled when officers approached. Unfortunately, the SEAL didn't want to hang around, resulting in one of our slower pursuits, police tweeted. (laughs) Personnel out of Cleethorpe's Wildlife Rescue were summoned to the scene and were able to wrangle the SEAL outside of the Wilkin and Chapman Law Firm's building. Okay, so, so it fled? Apparently it fled. <laughs> How fast could it could it flee? Now it's got to be like rolling. Yeah, no shit. It's not really. Again, like we talked about the sea lion. The sea lion yeah. kind of, sort of has legs. A seal definitely has just <laughs> flippers, basically. Oh, that's hilarious. So it was rolling, but this could have been a big hunking. It could have been a three hundred pound animal. Yeah. So we'll see how this breaks down. Wildlife rescuers said they do not know how the seal ended up in the middle of Grimsby. We would be hopeful that there was no human factor in his location, although it has been known elsewhere in the UK to happen, a spokesman for the group told Grimsby Live. We know he couldn't have come via Grimsley docks due to the large water turbines outside B&M. The only other way we can imagine is that it traveled with a flow of water along the river and got lost from another connection to the estuary, the spokesman said. The seal, nicknamed Oreo, was taken to the Maple Thorpe Seal Sanctuary. Now, in a different article, I read that it actually got into the building. Jesus. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. 
<laughs> now, I was doing a little bit more research on this one, and Grimsby is in northeast Lincolnshire, England, which is along the coast, so I guess somehow it could have swam up the ocean and got on land somehow. Now, how now how far inland are we talking from the water? It can't be terribly far. It didn't it didn't specify in Ben Hooper's article that I'm reading, but did it get where do they find it again? It was outside of a law firm and it was hiding underneath a pickup truck before then. That's unbelievable. So, it had to have been inland a little bit because they're acting like this is a ridiculous occurrence and they're thinking that it swam up a river. Now, there are some inlets and as I look at this area on the map, there are some inlets, so Okay. That might gotten, that might they could have something. swam up the river for a little bit, hopped on the coast. Sure. Maybe the buildings along the, the river or something. Now, wandered astray, though. Shit. Now, we have to mark our calendars, though, because January 22nd is Great Grimsby Day in that city. So, I guess they celebrate every January 22nd. So, that's coming up. Okay. So, maybe, maybe the seal is part of the festivities. Could be. I don't know. That's one of the dumbest news stories we funny. have ever done. <laughs> I feel like our news stories have been getting weaker as the weeks have rolled on, I don't, I don't think so. I think they're good. I think they're still. I think they're good. I don't know. I've got four today, like I said, and they're. This is this is rough. So, anyways, what do you got today, sir? So my first one. This one's from the Daily Caller. Okay. This is a little old. It's January fourteenth, twenty two. Scientists discover world's largest fish breeding ground in depths of Antarctic, stretching dozens of miles. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Scientists discovered the world's largest fish breeding ground deep beneath the Arctic, stretching dozens of miles, the the academic journal Science reported. Scientists aboard the Antarctic research crews discovered a densely populated breeding colony of fish underneath the ice of one of the Weddell Sea in Antarctica, spanning more than 90 square miles, science reported. We had no idea that it would be just on this scale, and I think that it's the most fantastic thing. (laughs) Mark Bleashear, a fish biologist with the British Antarctic Survey, told Science. Okay, I gotta stop you right there real quick. (laughs) <laughs> Number one, this doesn't surprise me at all. There's got to be a whole bunch of shit going on out there that we have no clue about. Yeah, it, it just tells you how much we don't know about the ocean yet. Yeah, but number two, I've been thinking about this for a while because we keep getting these animal-related articles from biologists. Yeah. I'm trying to think of how ridiculous some of these quotes are that we're getting. I know. And there's got to be, like, these teams aren't always the most social people. They're not usually the most people The people that are going to talk to cameras the most. I agree. So they've got to be kind of going amongst themselves, like, hey, we got to report this. We need a spokesman. <laughs> and it's usually the most hyperactive yeah. and enthusiastic person that wants to go talk about it. Right. So that's probably who this guy is. <laughs> He's probably just the most. Because every time I read articles like this and they're, they like talk about what they found, Yeah. it always sounds like they're so excited. Exactly. <laughs> so it's got to be just like the possibly a younger guy that's like really enthusiastic about being part of the team. Like they've been waiting for this moment their entire life. Exactly. So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, but. you're good. A large German research ship found thousands of large fish nests containing up to 2,100 eggs when it broke through the sea of ice in February 21, according to to science. It was a really amazing sight, said Auten Perzer, a deep-sea biologist who led the ship's imaging. Related related imaging efforts captured even larger nests of over 12,000 adult ice fish. Science reported, ice fish repeatedly build their nests by scraping gravel and sand with their fins, and only a few of the nests have been viewed before the latest discovery. I certainly was unaware of the fact that they could just build across this huge scale. More like seabirds and penguins, or landon or ice. Bleacher told Science. 
That's basically the whole article. That's that's pretty good. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> it is interesting. But I was think I was trying to figure out like why would they all conglomerate? But if you think about it, these are ice fish. They're probably adapted to cold water. Exactly. Now, if you're in Antarctica, you've got basically a circle of cold water that you can live in, and you can't really get out of that. It's not like if you're on the equator where you could swim miles and still be in the same temperature. You're kind of stuck in the same spot. Right. So that's probably why this whole thing makes sense. Why this whole thing is going on. So, anyways, that's pretty interesting. That was your first news story. That was my first one. Yep. All right. The rest of mine, if you thought my first one was dumb, the rest of them are worse. So, I'm just getting you guys prepared for this. My second one comes from UPI Odd News. Okay. Pair of escaped alpacas wander through California City. A father and son pair of alpacas escaped from their owner's <laughs> home and went wandering through several neighborhoods of a California city. Witnesses in Oakland... I didn't, re- I didn't realize this was in Oakland at the time. <laughs> but witnesses in Oakland captured photos and videos from the two alpacas named Boogie and Woogie <laughs> were spotted wandering in areas that included Noland Park, an Interstate 580 underpass, and multiple residential streets. The California Highway Patrol and local animal control officers captured the alpacas and returned them to their owner, Tobias Riddy. Tobias? Yep. Sounds like someone that would own alpacas. Exactly. Riddy said the alpacas escaped through a backyard gate that had been left unlocked. Every damn time. And that's all I got with that one. You know, alpacas are, like, rude. Like, they'll, they'll, like, spit on you. They're rough animals. Have you ever interacted with an alpaca before? Like, once. I have a couple times. At a fair. I did. There's a there's a zoo north of here that has alpacas that you can kind of like yeah. mix mix it up with a little yeah, bit. Sure. And I've done that before. That was a little bit different. But yeah. Now one thing I learned about alpacas is this was a father and son pair. They cannot live alone. If you have an alpaca that's living alone, it's just gonna curl up in a ball and die. Aww. It hates being alone. So they say you have to have at least three alpacas. That way, if something happens to one, you still got two together. Sure. So in case you guys are thinking about investing in alpacas, which I recommend, be sure to buy at least three. Gotcha. See, I've always wanted an alpaca. I've always wanted one named Ponchu. Ponchu? I don't know why. It's always been something that I've wanted. Ponchu sounds like an alpaca name. But I'm going to have to get a couple. I'm going to have to get three. Right. So we'll see. Maybe in a couple of years. Probably. Uh, maybe if I start, get a new job or something. Sure. I could finance some alpacas. Right. I feel like Tim would do really well with alpacas. He's got the he's got the room. He's got the room. I mean, he's got goats and cows next door. Yeah. <laughs> Why not just, throw a couple? They would just fit right in. Exactly. Why not throw a couple alpacas in the mix? Right. Anyways, that's all I got with that one. So that's a funny one. So my last one. This is from our favorite odd news. Uh oh. World's largest cast iron skillet travels down Tennessee highway. I saw this one. I decided <laughs> not to do this one, but let's hear it. Drivers on a Tennessee highway encountered an unusual oversized load. Traveling down the road, a 14,360-pound cast-iron skillet said to be the world's largest. <laughs> look at this thing. Look, yeah. at, look at that thing. I saw the pictures of it. Like, <laughs> what the hell? I, I just, I don't know where people get these ideas. South Pittsburgh's Lodge Cast Iron Store, the future home of the Lo- Lodge Cast Iron Museum. Okay, you're, you're going to make an entire museum out of cast iron skillets, like about cast iron? I guess you, you can, know, you know, there might, there might be a lot to that, I don't know. Plenty of idiots are going to pay money to go wander through it. Cast Iron Museum had a gargantuan skillet 
which measures about 18 feet from handle to handle, created to serve as a draw for the attraction. The store shared a video on Facebook showing the massive pan, which Lodge cast iron bills as the world's largest cast iron skillet, being hauled on Interstate 59 on the back of a flatbed truck. The Lodge Cast Iron Museum is under construction expected to open in late summer. The museum will offer visitors from across America a destination to immerse themselves in the history and behind-the-scenes making of some of the most beloved cast iron products, cast iron cooking, and the robust culture that surrounds it. That's it. But why does it have to be so big? Yeah. I mean, this is like... It's huge. This is like bigger than your fucking house, basically. Like, Well, not quite that big. But. So I'm looking at a picture right now. The cast iron skillet is probably bigger than the tractor pulling it's it. Gotta B- have, bigger than the semi-truck pulling it. We are talking <laughs> at least 12 feet in diameter, probably closer to 15. How big do you think yeah. that is? Do you think that's 12 feet? That's huge. It's ridiculous. Well, it's 18 feet handle to handle. Still, that's absurd. Yeah, it's really big. It's very unnecessary. Could you imagine seeing this thing just like driving on the highway? Think how many how many normal cast iron grill, like cast iron skillets, could be made from that one skillet. Exactly. Now let's think about this. How do you secure that? Because it's sitting on its like on its side, basically. It looks like it's on some type of frame. It's like propping it up. Now, Tennessee is not exactly a flat state to drive through. No, it is not. That thing's going to wobble off and fall. Yeah. We're waiting for it. We'll keep we'll keep up on that. Yeah, we'll have to track track the <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to take a take a road trip out there. And right. Take pictures. And try and find it. Oh my god. Anyways, I'm just gonna do one more. I had two more, but I don't want to do the one. So our third news story comes from my favorite on news. All right. Escaped Wallaby captured after days <laughs> on the loose Saw this one. in Belgium. <laughs> This one's kind of funny. A wallaby that escaped from a Belgian recreational park was safely captured when the marsupial was spotted in the area after multiple days on the loose. The Art Van Noy Recreation Park in Lichtart, Antwerp, said the wallaby, named Skippy, was captured Wednesday evening when it was seen wandering near the park, and a veterinarian was summoned to safely tranquilize the Australian animal. (laughs) The park said Skippy had escaped from its enclosure earlier in the week and was spotted wandering in the Giel area several miles from the park during its time on the loose. The park said in a Facebook post that Skippy, a national hero, will be returned to public display in a new enclosure in April. So Skippy, somehow in Belgium, Skippy skipped out. (laughs) This Australian wallaby skipped out, but he is a national hero. So what what heroic act did this wallaby? Make? I don't know. Wallabies are kind of scary. Have you ever? Have I, wouldn't, you ever I wouldn't fuck with one. Have you ever fucked with the wall? You haven't fucked with the wallaby before. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I had one brief run in with one. Are you shitting me? Uh, it was either. I'm trying to think. It's had to have been. Uh, me and Tim were little. We were at the zoo with Arbusha and Jaja. Okay. And one of us, and I feel like this was a Tim thing to do, dropped our hat in the wallaby exhibit. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and our Jaja was like, well, we're going to get it. So one of us, and I feel like Tim dropped it, but I had to go in and get it. He lifted us over and held us by our feet as we gra- reached out and grabbed it and then pulled us back up. That can't be safe. It wasn't a good idea. Probably not. It definitely happened. The hat was recovered. No, There was no additional... No wallabies were hurt. Exactly. In this uh, thing. But, yeah, that definitely happened. I almost had a run-in with a kangaroo. Really? Yeah. So, in 
the state next to us. Sure. Indiana, there's a zoo. And um, you can literally walk through the kangaroo exhibit. Like in the like in the cage. You walk through it. I don't know if I like that. Yeah, it was kinda it's kinda scary because you don't want to fuck with the kangaroo. No, you don't. They'll they'll kick you and like they'll cave your damn chest in. See, if you're gonna fight with one, you wanna pop it in the face as quickly as possible. Yeah, like that one dude did. Have you ever seen those? his dog? Yeah, those those <laughs> Aussie man. Have you ever seen the Aussie man YouTube channel? Uh-uh. It's an Australian guy that narrates encounters, and one of the ones he did was an inc- that he narrates <laughs> that video, and it's pretty funny with him in his Australian accent just commentating on what's going I'm, on. I'm sure it's hilarious. He's got a second one, which I almost sent it to you today because it's a must watch. It's him narrating a boat crash, and it's people that are on just a just a basically just a casual day on the lake, basically. And it, they, they put the GoPro up and they're just videotaping the people on the boat for over like three minutes. And over the course of three minutes, a lot happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you, it's funny. So Aussie man, boat crash. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Just watch it. Yeah, it's funny. That's hilarious. Anyways, on that note, are we ready for our main topic? What is our main topic? Ben, you know, as usual, this is going to be your episode. So I'm going to yeah, introduce this one. Because this was kind of a rough one to research. But. It was. Um, Pat, we're doing political scandals. Yes, we are. And obviously, political scandals is kind of a hot-button issue. It is. We had to kind of be picky with how we were going to present this one. Definitely. This might be something to cover in more depth on our other podcast we plan on launching at some point that we talked about doing and we just didn't do over <laughs> we, Christmas. We, we, some, for some reason, we didn't even do it. Yeah, but, but it's coming. It's coming soon. Anyways... Political scandals. Now, since this is your episode, do you want to start us off with this? Do you have any introductory comments you want to make on this topic? No, I, I guess it's kind of a vague, kind of a vague uh, topic, but yeah, like the one I wanted to do, we've kind of we've kind of covered a few sorta kind yeah, of sorta we have. before. Like I was gonna talk about like remember Rob Ford, the mayor of Toronto. You remember me talking about him at all? Yeah. I was gonna do some more with him, but I was thinking I was trying to think back and I feel like I covered most of what he did. That's one of my guys. Is it really? And I couldn't remember if we did him or not. I did him a little bit on the the, the, the A little the, bit. The dumb quote episode. Okay. So Yeah, he's got some dumb quotes. I do have a different mayor though that I'm gonna talk about. Sure. Anyways, you wanna get us started with this discussion? Yeah, I can uh I'll start out with my first one here. Okay. Do you know about the Chappaquiddick scandal? Can't say that I do. This isn't one on my radar. So you know about Edward M. Ted Kennedy. Tyrannosaurus sex. <laughs> because we did talk about him on that episode as well. Did we? Yep. Good. So basically, on July eighteenth, nineteen sixty-nine, Ted Kennedy, who he was elected uh, to the U.S. Senate in nineteen sixty-two, yes, was attending a party on Chappaquiddick Island in Massachusetts with twenty-eight-year-old Mary Jo Kopechny. Now, real quick, Kopechny was a respective political operative who worked in Robert Kennedy's Senate office and then worked on his presidential campaign in 1968. Okay. So Kennedy invited Kopechny and five other women who worked on the campaign and wanted them to be recognized for their work. Sure. Along with, I think there was like five other guys there too. So Kennedy, Kopechny, five other men and five other men, they all went to this party at the cottage. And um, late in the evening, Kopechny and Kennedy left the party. Okay. Sounds scandalous. It does. They left the party. Now, Kennedy was stating she he said that she felt ill and she and they wanted to leave and that she wanted to go back to their hotels yada yada yada. Now was Ted married at this time? I know he was a little bit of a I, philanderer but Yeah, I don't know. Not okay. sure. Okay. I don't think so, but don't quote me on that. But JFK would have been in the White House at this point. This was 1962. This was 1969. Uh, okay. So, so this was, was this was after everything yes. happened. Okay. Yeah, this is after everything happened. All right. So 
after they left, Kennedy ended up plunging his Oldsmobile off the Dyke Bridge, landing upside down in the Pocha Pond near Martha's Vineyard. Sure. So um, History.com has actually a pretty cool map of the entire area, and yeah. it shows like where he went. So basically, he took a complete wrong turn and went the complete opposite way from Edgartown, where their hotels were. Yep. And so he needed to take a left from where he was going, but he took a right, and he ended up going the complete opposite way where he needed to go. Sure. So Kennedy said that the current was strong and murky. He tried to find Kopechny before heading back to the cottage. Then he drove back to the scene with his cousin, Joseph Gargan, and aide Paul Markham, who both tried in vain to reach Kopechny. So couldn't find her. Then they just like dump her and this was a disaster. This was a this was a bad this is a bad thing. And it, it gets kind of worse. So Kennedy tries to find her in the water. He can't find her. He leaves the scene. Yeah. Goes back to the cottage, grabs two other people, and they try and find her and they can't find her, allegedly. This is their story. So they never found her, but they didn't report the accident. He ends up going back to his hotel in Edgartown and doesn't report the accident until like nine AM after the body was already found by like a fireman or That's something. That's fucking like ridiculous. That. Yeah. And this so, was the Kennedy that lived. This was the Kennedy that lived. <laughs> Literally. So that leaves her body underwater for like 9, 10 hours at this point. More than that. So a lot of questions start to come up. Like, was he drunk? Was anyone else in the car? You know, why was Kennedy with her specifically? Yeah, were there more bodies in the water? <laughs> exactly. Like, why is he waiting so long to report the accident? Some fishy shit, right? Sure. So he said that she fell ill and wanted to get on the ferry back to her hotel. Like I said, he took the wrong turn. He maintained that he was never drunk. Anyways, they were both staying in different hotels, but... Kopechny left her purse and hotel room key behind at the cottage, and that kind of cast some doubt on what Kennedy was saying about that she wanted to go back to the hotel. Exactly. Because she would take all her shit with her at the yeah. very least. And how would she get into the room? Right, exactly. There was never any evidence of any type of sexual or romantic relationship between the two. That never came up. Sure. So, since he didn't report the accident when it actually happened, they weren't really able to get any evidence that he committed any crime. They couldn't take his... They didn't know his blood alcohol level. Yeah. They couldn't take those tests. So, like, the police are kind of stuck at that point. Only thing that they can really charge him with is leaving a scene. Exactly. Le- leaving the scene of the accident. Yeah. So, he later... Uh, he pled guilty to that and served two months in jail and had a temporary driving ban, which is kind of ridiculous. Well, now, some think that she could have been saved if he gotten help sooner. Sure. Like, not dump, jump in the... Like, stay in the water and try and find her and if he... Like actually reported it right yeah, away. Yeah, if you would have called in first responders. Right, but a 1970 Supreme Judicial Court concluded that there was no evidence any air remained in the subjur- subjur- submerged car, and it wouldn't seek or allow any testimony about how long she may have lived. This can only be conjecture and purely speculative, which is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I feel like that kind of thing wouldn't have happened if he were to have been the guy that died and yeah. she were driving. That's the big thing. Like Some, some think that the quote-unquote Kennedy political machine did a lot of behind the scenes shit to get him off yeah you, you know kennedy would end up losing a presidential run a couple years later well he couldn't really run underneath that but he yeah. still didn't he serve in the senate until like 2010 or something yeah he served in the senate for three more decades because i remember him so he dying comple- he completely got away with this yeah i remember him dying like not that long ago yeah so that's ridiculous. It just goes to show that some people just don't see implications for their for their negligence. Like, I well, don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like 
maybe somebody else would have went down for this. Yeah, well, you see it happen. Like, Laura Bush killed a guy. Nobody talks about yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Nobody talks about that one. <laughs> and then, I would, like, when getting into this, like, there have been so many stories that I haven't heard about. Oh, yeah. Like, Bill Clinton was doing Monica Lewinsky shit back when he was the governor of Arkansas. Right. And he was settling these suits, and just nobody really talked about it. And then he ended up getting elected president. So I mean, what about all this, Ep- bit, all this Epstein shit? The Epstein shit exactly. came out of the trial. Exactly. We're never going to hear the details on that because, again, right. <laughs> it implicates too many bad people. And the fact that people just don't want to talk about that, like, I don't care. I don't really, I don't care. If it could sink the entire, everybody that I've ever known in politics, I don't care. Yeah. I just don't have, I don't really have loyalty anymore. It's just who's going to do the most for me here and now, basically. And, you know, people need to be held accountable for that shit. Exactly. That's some messed up shit. Yeah, because I feel like I'd get treated. I feel like the system would crush me if I did something even remotely like that. No, I would never yeah, do anything like that. 100%. But, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Right. So that is ridiculous. Uh, do you have any more with that? With that? Nope, that's about it. Yeah. I, I tried to break it down as quick as possible. That was a pretty good breakdown, and I did see that one. That was a better breakdown than what I would have done, so that was a good breakdown. I did my best. Tyrannosaurus sex <laughs> is what he refers to himself as, or did at one time. Unreal. Anyways, like I said earlier, I was going to talk about Rob Ford, which I think you said you got coming up. Yeah, I can get into him. I decided I wasn't going to do this, but I did find a different mayor that kind of gives me Rob Ford vibes. Now, this guy's a little bit different. It's not as extreme as Rob Ford. It's mostly just kind of just like low-level shenaniganry. Real quick, you know what, you know what Rob Ford reminds me of? Kind, kind of Robert Baratheon. <laughs> yes, kind of. Yeah, that's a good comparison. That's actually kind of funny. And what's funny is... <coughs> Is yeah, that is a good comparison. But Robert Baratheon's character was written before Rob Ford became I know. on the scene, so that that's a pretty good comparison. <laughs> now this guy is not of that sort, but he's another mayor of a. I don't know if this is a big city, but another mayor that has gotten national news. But this is in the United States. Have you ever heard of? And this is from our own home state. Have you ever heard of Cardi Finkbeiner? Yes, I have. Now this guy. Has served three terms as the mayor of a city called Toledo, Ohio. Okay. Which is in the northwest corner. Well, not really the corner, but kind of on the Lake Erie, but in northern Ohio. That's a decent-sized city. Yeah, it's a decent-sized city. I guess it's the fourth biggest in the state. Okay. Now, this guy was mayor from 1994 until 2002, and then again from 2006 until 2010. Wasn't this the dude that wanted to put the deaf people by the airport? Yes. (laughs) He has a laundry list of shenanigans. Now, this is a decent-sized city. I think it's in the top 100 in the United States. Sure. So, like I said, he was mayor in 94 until 2002, and then again from 2006 to 2010. And he's run since then. Now, he's in his 80s now, and he has run as recently as 2021. Damn. He has tried to get back into the mayor's seat. Now, obviously, he was not successful this time around. But, sure. And before that, he basically had like 10 years as like a city councilman, and uh, I think he was deputy mayor for a while. Hmm. And before then, he was just a high school teacher, was what he was. So it's not like he's a very established person. Sure. He's just some guy, basically. And as mayor, he's been involved in a ton of shenanigans. Like he mentioned early on in his career, they were there was a discussion about noise when it came to the airport in the city and apparently there were homes nearby in the city that was getting complaints about airport noise so his solution was well we should just move the deaf people (laughs) 
into those homes to solve that problem. <laughs> so I remember the, seeing that on the this news. Is, this is the type of guy that we're talking about. That's hilarious. Now, as mayor especially, but even outside of mayor, he has been known to like kind of like mix it up in the city. Like He will go out in public, and if you're doing something that he doesn't like, he will try to assert his mayoral authority upon you and try to bully his way into getting you to comply with whatever he thinks, whatever his interpretation of the law is. Sure. Which, as we're going to find, isn't actually always the actual <laughs> law. So I've got written down several instances where he got physical or at least he threatened to get physical with people. Now, in 1999, he was at City Hall with a female city employee and he threatened her with a coffee mug Jeez. and said, I, I ought to hit you with this. Now, that seems a little extreme. Like, I couldn't imagine any elected official doing this to an employee. Yeah. He claims the incident didn't happen, but it didn't stop him from settling and paying her $35 million or $35,000. $35 million. $35,000 in settlement fees. So it definitely didn't happen. Sure. It probably happened. Now, in 2000, he was out at a local, like a downtown market, and he allegedly verbally and physically assaulted a prominent restaurateur in the city. So somehow they got they had a run in in public at a market with the with the mayor of the city of Toledo. <laughs> How does this happen? I'm trying to think of a situation. This guy roughed him up, man. Now he he got out of the like he he was a rough guy, like a rough around the edges type, brash, and he's still alive, like he's still in the mix. So he left office in 2002. In 2006, he came back on. Now he had two separate incidents with the fire chief and the police chief within a month. <laughs> In May of 2006, I guess there was a city staff meeting, and he referred to then Fire Chief Mike Bell, who ended up becoming mayor after Cardi, he referred to this guy as King Kong in the staff meeting. Oh, Which is fantastic. just absurdity. Like, how the hell do you look this guy in the, in the face and call him that? It was just absurdity. How did he not get fired on the spot? Like, how and did he... Exactly. Like, how do you? How does the mayor... That's a terrible thing to, to say. To, to your fire chief. Yeah, no shit. Now, Mike Bell handled it about as classy as you could possibly handle this type of incident. And he ended up getting elected mayor himself soon after. Good for him. He deserves so, it. Yeah, he was... He ended up... I'm doing some research. He ended up being a pretty good mayor, all things considered. Mm. But to have your mayor call you that as a, as a fire chief, that's just absurdity. Right. That's ridiculous. I couldn't imagine how handling that well. And then in June of that year, now this is a month later, the city had a new police chief. And this guy abruptly resigned because he claimed that a similar situation happened. <laughs> And he and the mayor almost came to blows over something. Oh so this God. guy who had just gotten the job as police chief ended up quitting immediately because of a run-in he had with Cardi Finkbeiner. Oh, my God. Now, Cardi had tons of issues going on. Now, we're not even, I'm not even through it yet. In 1997, as mayor, he was driving around in the neighborhood and noticed a young woman had chickens in her yard. So he called her up and said, hey, you have to get rid of your chickens. You can't have those. There is no law banning chickens in, within the city limits as long as they're reasonably well cared for. So he so he personally he called He personally her? called her to report the crime. What that mayor? Didn't, that didn't even <laughs> exist. So the mayor of the city, the city had 300,000 people at the time, is driving around on patrol and called her up because of her chickens, which she was, it was legal. She, there was no law that was yeah. being violated. There. Yeah. And I guess she reported that he like was accosting her verbally over this, like saying mean things and shit. Now in 2007, which would have been his third term, he had another incident with animals because he kept leaving his dog in a hot car over the summer. Oh, like he would drive God. somewhere and leave his dog out there and he got ticketed and fined for this after it happened multiple times. 
So this is the mayor of the city getting ticketed and fined for abusing his dog. How did this guy get elected? I don't know. It is scary, though. And, like, when you get into his, like, what was going on, like, there's a ton of bad business going on, too. Like, him just misspending taxpayer dollars. Like, there was a law on the books that said that any expense by the mayor over $10,000 has to be reported to the city or something. And he had a shower installed in his office for (laughs) (laughs) $9,996. Wait a minute. Okay, he had a shower yes. installed in his office? He claimed that he worked out a lot and needed to rinse off after his workouts and needed his own private shower in his office to do so. Like, is this like is it in the bathroom in his office? I don't know. Or is there just a shower in the office? There might just be a shower in the <laughs> office. I don't know. <sighs> and then there was one incident where a local Little Caesars franchisee had been in talks to sponsor and partially finance a entertainment facility that would have replaced a current entertainment facility within the city of Toledo called the Sports Arena. Mm-hmm. But this one would have been located in a suburb outside of the city. Now, Cardi Finkbeiner was very upset about the prospect of this happening, this new sports arena occurring outside of the city. Mm-hmm. So since this guy was a Little Caesars franchise owner, he called for a boycott of Little Caesars Pizza throughout the entire city. <laughs> Now, Little Caesar's Pizza responded by renaming their crazy bread, Cardi Bread. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, that's just hilarious. To fuck with him a little bit. That is hilarious. And, like, there have been, there have just been so many instances of him just, like, acting like a dictator within this poor city. Like, I couldn't imagine living in this place. Man, oh, it's shit. ridiculous. And how is he allowed to do any of this? Like, are there any, are there any, like. Well, this is a classic example of just weak government, weak officials. And them just stripping the infrastructure away. Because not only has he been doing all this shit, he has habitually cut police budgets and fire budgets no matter what. So there's not really a whole lot of infrastructure in place. Yeah, no shit. And they said that, like, when this Mike Bell guy that I talked about, the fire chief, when he assumed office as mayor, he was left with a a $48 million deficit (laughs) in the city's budget. Which, how do you recover from that? Right. So, and there's tons of instances of him just spending money however he wants to without really any oversight. The one that I thought was kind of funny was there was a situation where downtown Toledo, which apparently was kind of like in rough shape for a while, they had a lot of vacant buildings. And somehow the U.S. Marines Reserves negotiated a deal where they were going to use one of the buildings for training. And the Toledo police organized it and they, they had complete clearance and everything to isolate this building and use it for military training, like urban warfare type. Sure. Which should have been no problem because it was an isolated part of the city. It was going to be completely contained and everything. They show up. Cardi Finkbeiner hears about it and shut the whole thing down. Oh, my God. <laughs> because he was afraid that it was going to scare people. Oh, my God. <laughs> so they had this whole thing set up, and it's just a waste of money, just a waste of everybody's time. Why didn't he have the training done by the deaf people? I don't know. <laughs> And I've been hearing reports, like, since he's left office of what he's been doing. And I guess there was a local store, a local grocery store within the city that he kind of hangs out at. And he hangs out by the cash register and counts people's carts to see how many items they have to make sure that they're not abusing the express checkout lanes. (laughs) That is honest to God. I'm not even joking about this. I heard the story that he's been doing this type of shit. Well, he's in his his 80s now. I think he's like 82 or something. Sounds like he's just doing old man shit. Yeah. Just just being a grumpy old man. No, I forgot about one instance because we've been talking about him just kind of mixing it up with the public. Yeah. As mayor in 2009, there was a video right at the infancy of YouTube back when YouTube was becoming a thing of him in a city park going for a walk when a fight broke out amongst a group of youth. And he got right into the mix and broke it all up and referred to one kid as Fatso <laughs> and Tubby and Fat Ass. 
Oh, that's hilarious. All in the same video. You can hear him calling this kid this. And it's ridiculous because this guy kind of looks like Joe Biden in a little bit, like if you look at him. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, imagine this old ass guy trying to break up this fight in the middle of a downtown park. That's hilarious. And calling this kid fat ass. I got to look this guy up. Yeah. So Cardi Finkbeiner, that is spelled... (laughs) <laughs> F-I-N-K-B-E-I-N-E-R. Unreal. And apparently in this poor city of Toledo, Ohio, this guy ran for mayor again <laughs> in 2021. Now, he didn't win, but he just won't go away. So. He's trying. He's trying. Now, I'm a, I I feel like all of that kind of adds up to a political scandal. I don't really know if that really fits our bill or not. but I think it does. That's hilarious. That's all I got with Cardi <clears throat> Finkbeiner, though. That's a good one. Wouldn't want to go to Toledo, Ohio. Yeah, definitely not. Anyways, what else you got today? So, I'm going to get into the Rob Ford. Uh-oh, okay. So, Pat, you know all about Rob Ford, I'm sure. Yes, I do. One of my favorite guys. So, this this is actually kind of funny, a lot of this. So Now, uh, we should clarify the late, great Rob yes, Ford. Yes, the late, great. He died in 2019, I believe. Something like that. Something like that. He had pretty bad cancer. Yeah. Um. So, theweek.com has a pretty good article of, like, the timeline of everything that kind of happened. Sure. So, Rob Ford was the mayor of Toronto, Canada from 2010 to 2014. Now, now he was he also served as a city councilor uh, before and after being mayor. Yes. So basically to get the timeline started, May 16th, 2013, the Toronto Star and Gawker published articles that were offered a chance to buy a video, okay? Yep. Now, not this isn't just any old video. This is a video of Mayor Rob Ford smoking crack. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Now, (laughs) according to the Star, the sellers were a group of Somali drug dealers. Okay. And they were asking for $200,000 for the footage. Now, both outlets undoubtedly concluded that this was Ford. And you can look up the video online. It's pretty clear. It's pretty clear footage that it's it's the guy that we're we're talking about. And he is a very recognizable guy. He is. So he is very not... he's very large. Uh he kind of looks like Louis Anderson. Yeah, yeah. I would say so, yeah. He he's pretty he looks pretty ridiculous. So this is this is absolutely hilarious. The next day, May 17th, Gawker launches a campaign to raise money to buy the footage. The campaign was called Rob Ford Crackstarter. <laughs> you know, like Kickstarter? Yeah. Crackstarter. Now, right away, after all this shit comes out, he starts kind of acting sporadically at this point because obviously he's kind of panicking. Well, to be fair, I did a little bit of research on this guy because I talked about him on one of our earlier episodes briefly. Yeah. He was pretty sporadic throughout his entire yes, career he, as the he, mayor. Yes, he, he, he really was. All right. He kind of he kind of goes off the rails a little bit. So he fires a guy named uh, Mark Towie. Sure. And it's kind of funny. People say that he just they don't really know why he fired him, but apparently it uh, Tau, uh, Mark Towie said that he like needed help, and he just fired him for you know criticizing him. And but there was also apparently a football dispute, and I guess that uh, uh, I guess that Rob Ford was pissed because he was kind of fired from being a volunteer your football coach something like that yes he was and i i want to get into this for a little bit because yeah, there were tons of scandals going on with this guy a lot and as city councilor and as mayor he was also a volunteer youth <laughs> canadian football coach within the yeah. city and football was one of his main passions and he was like dedicated to this shit yeah but he was also getting into consistent trouble 
And the reason supposedly that he got fired is they just somehow they the parents in the city got together and they were like, we can't let this guy around our kids anymore. Literally. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean no, to jump no, in there. No, no, but... good. Yeah, you, you add in whatever you want. I'm sure. So on the 24th of May, he held a press conference expressing that he does not use crack cocaine and denies any existence of the video. Now you know that your local government is just in the shits when your mayor <laughs> has to have a press conference and explain that he is not on crack that he is not smoking crack and this isn't fucking bozeman montana this is a big ass metropolis basically yes this is toronto canada this is There's millions of people this is probably the biggest city in canada it, by far it's what it's like it's one of the biggest cities in the world i think it would be it would probably be number two or number three in the united states if it were in the united states yes i know definitely. new york's a little bit bigger i think toronto's would be almost like la size yeah definitely so la is around 10 million people the whole county of la so it's a lot of people yeah and my parents kind of they like to go to Toronto and just fuck around, basically. <laughs> and it's always, a, it's always a disaster. But I'm sorry. And it doesn't help the fact that his brother, Doug Ford, was selling drugs back in the 80s. Yeah. It doesn't really help his case. Apparently, uh, apparently a lot of the Ford family was involved in drugs, but you don't have to get into all that right sure. now. Sure. So, now this shit is hilarious. So, on May 27th, Press Secretary George Christopoulos and Deputy Secretary Isaac Ranson quit. Now, Ford gets up there, and he's just like, ah, these resignations are business as usual. No big deal. We're all fine. Like, nothing is happening. While, in reality, he was actually, like, freaking out, according to the Star. He, he was doing some of this shit in front of journalists. He would pace, like, all around his mayor suite, looking into empty offices and, like, getting agitated and shit because everyone's quitting on his ass. See, real quick, I feel like this might have to get cut. I feel like Rob Ford served as a caricature of what the mainstream media wanted Donald Trump's behavior to be like. Yeah, I feel like they were using him as a template to kind of twist what Trump was doing into something more ridiculous than it was. I can see that, yeah. Anyways, I don't know if that needs to get cut or not. You can probably keep it I feel like that's kind of what I'm seeing throughout all this. I feel that. And to make matters worse for Ford, sources had photos as well as footage. And in one of the photos was a man who was a drug dealer who was murdered back in March. Okay. And his name was Anthony Smith. So not only is he smoking crack with Somali drug dealers, he's in a photo. (laughs) with somebody who was murdered like this doesn't look good at all (laughs) so now i'm referring directly from the article here real quick because it's it it gets more ridiculous right so meanwhile gawker hits a fundraising total and to purchase the alleged videotape however the site says that it has lost contact with the people who possess the tape adding that it will take some time to complete a very delicate transaction if it ever relocates the seller. Which, th- those videos are all, they're, they're all available right now. You can, okay. you can look them up. So on May 30th, reports claim that Ford told staff members one day after the news of the videotape surfaced not to worry because he knew exactly where to find the tape. <laughs> he then reportedly gave them a specific address. On the same day, police announced that they had arrested and charged 23-year-old Hanad Mohammed in connection with Anthony Smith's murder. Police had already charged Nasser Hashami, Hashimi, also 23, in connection to the same shooting. So, I guess he's getting out of being in the picture that was with the person that was murdered. Now, meanwhile, two more staffers resign out of his administration. I would have left two at this point. Yeah, and he insists that everything's fine and that they are doing great. You know, all these resignations 
Business as usual. Nothing's going on, guys. Then finally, on November 5th, 2013, he admitted to smoking crack. <laughs> he got up there, he's like, yep, that was me. I did it. And what's absolutely insane is somehow he remained in office for almost a whole year after that. Yeah. And then a second video came out of him smoking crack. So there's two videos. And then he announced that he was going to go to rehab June 2014. Yeah. So it's funny. It's it's pretty insane. And he, he, throughout the whole thing, he said a lot of stupid shit. Like there's a CBC uh, interview that you can look up and he basically talks about his past. He basically did every drug under the butt, like under, in, in God's green earth. Yeah. Any drug you think of, he did the gamut. That's literally his his quote and what's funny is we talk about him on episode 36 and i was you brought all new content that i even touched on that so that (laughs) was there's there's a lot more to the story there's more going on but that was just as quick as breakdown as i could that's fucking hilarious because there's so much more going on with that guy that i kind of get into (laughs) on that episode but this was completely this wasn't stuff that i even touched on because at one point there's a video of him i think he was the mayor at this point just sitting at a mall just smoking weed (laughs) (laughs) It's like sitting on a bench, just puffing away. He's like, heroin, crack, weed, alcohol, pills. I did them. Yeah. I did them. (laughs) He lived. He wasn't with us for very long, but he sure sure went at it. Yeah, he did. And, you know, he claimed to be born with this disease and that he was going to die with this disease. Yeah, well. Which is addiction. Rest in peace, Rob. Yeah, rest in peace. And he was a guy that I would see on the news just regularly back when he was the mayor. And I was like, this guy is the greatest thing of all time. (laughs) So He was a real one. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, so that all you got with that one? Yep, that was a, that was a pretty good breakdown. That's my last one. Now this <laughs> one, I'm gonna have to get this one in real quick. This one's pretty good too. This might be a little bit controversial for the show, but I don't give a shit. That's fine. Have you ever heard of former United States Representative Anthony Weiner? Yes. <laughs> you probably know where I'm going with this one. I do. This Straight guy to the Weiner is ridiculous. Now, in my opinion, nothing says political scandal quite like Anthony Weiner in recent memory, at least. Now, he was a seven-term U.S. House representative out of the state of New York. Before then, he was a like a New York City councilman, and before that, right after college, he was Chuck one of Chuck Schumer's uh, congressional aides for a while back in the '80s. Okay. So this has been that that is his career was congressional aide, New York City Council, U.S. House of Representatives. Okay. Now he served from 1999 until 2011. So decent amount of time. Seven terms. He was elected to seven terms. He ended up having to leave office early in his seventh term. Hmm. Um, Anthony Weiner was a highly visible congressional guy. Like he would talk a lot and he would talk loud and he'd be kind of brash. Had nothing. He had no backing. He couldn't get anything done. He wasn't really a good politician. He was just really good at talking and getting himself elected. Did nothing. He was not just talked a lot. Didn't do anything. Sure. It's just kind of his career. All talk, no action. Exactly. He kind of epitomized that phrase. Now, he was like, if you were following Congress, you probably knew who he was, but he wasn't really on a national spotlight until 2011, when on his public Twitter profile, an image was posted that appeared to show the packaged participle of what appeared to be a man. Now, plenty of people believe that this was Anthony Weiner yeah. that they were looking at. Now, it was posted and it was quickly deleted, but not before everybody picked it up. Sure. This is kind of in the early days of Twitter. And Anthony Weiner, first he said, oh, I got hacked. And he denied that that was that he posted that picture of 
the male anatomy. Sure. That Anthony Weiner's Wiener. plenty of people. Plenty of people suspected that this was a picture of Weiner himself. Sure, this was a picture of Weiner that they were looking at. Yes, Weiner. After denying it for several days, he finally admitted that he did in fact post the photo. What an idiot! And it was after he was uh, engaging in online nefarious behavior with uh, a woman, not his wife, because he was married at the time. Hmm. And he went on and on talking about, yeah, you know, it was a mistake. I didn't mean to post it to my public profile. Well, that was me that you guys were looking at, and he was kind of clear. Uh, yeah, you know. Why would he admit it? I don't know. No, like nobody probably it probably would have went away. Exactly. And to be fair, this isn't illegal behavior or anything. It's just kind of like, dude, you're a congressman. Yeah. Nobody wants to see your package yeah. on Twitter. Is the problem definitely? Now it did kind of get carried away because he was married to a relatively prominent person, who I'm going to get into a little bit. Okay. But he admitted that he had been doing this with at least six or seven different women over the course of the last few years. Oh, what an idiot! All online, yada yada yada. He couldn't stop sending pictures of himself. He was just that's just what he liked to do. So pretty quickly, he ended up resigning because first he lied about the whole thing. Is basically what it boiled down to was him trying to cover up the whole thing. Yep. So he decided to retire or resign from his office and drop out of politics for a little bit. In 2013, he decided that enough time had passed and he was back, ready to get back into the scene. Because this nobody's going to remember this. Well, you know, they probably wouldn't have. <laughs> if How, it wasn't for his last name being Wiener. Well, that's the other problem, too, yeah. is this is Anthony Wiener that we're talking about. <laughs> and he decided to run for mayor of New York. Now, he was 48 at the time. This plan kind of fell apart for him running as mayor of New York because... Pretty quickly, a new woman, a 22-year-old from Indiana, came out and said, hey, you know, I've been getting pictures from him of this type. Now, this one, we I couldn't get into details as to what kind of relationship he had. It sounded like these were not solicited. Sure. It sounded like he was just sending to them to her, trying to seduce her, basically. Sure. This was the best idea that he had. Now, he was a 48-year-old ex-congressman who, again, was married at the time. And this kind of sunk his career, or his mayoral campaign, at least. Yeah, oh, shit. Now, he was doing so... Under the alias Carlos Danger. <laughs> Think about that for a second. Carlos Danger. So now Carlos seems like a Hispanic name. Yeah, which I don't believe he is. I think he's probably Jewish. Wiener, that's gotta be a Jewish name. So slightly xenophobic with the uh with the with the Carlos. choice in, with the choice in name here. Yeah. <laughs> so Carlos Danger was what he was going as. Uh, obviously, <laughs> He didn't really have a chance to become mayor of New York. Like, this wouldn't have happened. But here he is again, engaging in the same behavior. Now, again, really, that's not a crime. You can you can do this. It's just being a public person trying to do this type of shit, especially when you're married. Probably not a good idea. Is ridiculous. So, it really wouldn't have been so big of a problem had he not been married to another prominent political figure named Huma Abedin, Abiden, A-B-D-E. Biden. A-B-D-I-N. A-B-E-D-I-N. Huma Abedin. Sure. Who was a prominent advisor in aid to Hillary Clinton. No shit. I don't know if you remember this at all. So yeah, I think I do. And she would have been in line for a like a chief advisor role had Hillary won the 2016 election. Sure. Now the problem with Anthony Weiner is he could not keep it in his pants when it came to sending these images to people, <laughs> despite the fact that he was married. So obviously his mayoral campaign sunk. But in 2016, once again, it came out that he is back at it, sending dick pics to whoever. Why? And is this guy have this is does this guy have you know? Dick pick, dick pick syndrome. Uh, he's like, addicted what is this to guy it. He doing? just he loves doing. He is it. addicted to sending dick pics. Anthony Weiner. <laughs> 
So he did it again, and this time it was in August of 2016. It came out that Hillary Clinton's chief aide, Huma Abedin's husband, Anthony Weiner, who we already know because he's done this twice, that's reached national attention, is at it again sending these pictures. Now, again, there has not been a crime committed yet, except in September it came out that he was sending these pictures to a 15-year-old girl. So at this point, now given crime, how yeah. high profile this was, the FBI swooped in immediately and they were like, we have to investigate this because you can't be doing this is completely predatory at this point. Yeah, no shit. So they jumped in and they started seizing whatever they could out of his apartment and whatever. I now, would hate to be that SWAT guy. Huma Abidin was still married to him but had announced that she was going to divorce. But they were sharing a lot of electronic devices at this point because they were married for since 2010. Yeah which was over the course of all this shit happening, was they were still married the entire time. This was September of 2016 when the FBI swoops in and steals, takes all of the laptops because they got to figure out if he's if there's if there's child pornography involved, which was alleged for a while. They thought he was involved in a child porn ring for a while. Obviously, if you're sending dick pics to a kid, that's a crime. You got to go to jail for that. Yes. So there were plenty of there was plenty of grounds for them to to raid the apartment and take whatever they could to make sure to see what the hell he was doing. That coincided with the 2016 election and the Hillary Clinton email thing was going on. And this is why the FBI ended up reopening that case right before the election started. Remember how the FBI director came out and said, we're going to reopen the email investigation? Yep. It was because of what they found on Anthony Weiner's laptop because his estranged wife, Huma Abedin, was the aide to Hillary Clinton and they were using that unsecure email thing. Mm -hmm. They found so much more on this laptop. Jesus. All because Anthony Weiner kept sending dick pics to underage kids. Could you imagine... How many dick pics were on that laptop? Probably a lot, but... This dude had dick pics on deck. Just think about the implications of this. Number one, he's a fucking pedophile. Number two, yeah. this sunk the election for Hillary Clinton. <laughs> this is the reason, according to her, that she lost the election. She claimed that she would have won had it not been for this case opening up so quickly. And I don't know if you remember that at all. It opened up like it was like right yeah. before. It was like I an remember. October surprise or something. I remember that. All because Anthony Weiner just could not stop sending dick pics. Unbelievable. Now, obviously, we all know the history that uh, Trump ended up beating Hillary Clinton in the election due to whatever, but she's going to claim it's because of this whole thing happening. Sure. It all traces back to Anthony Weiner. Anthony Weiner ended up getting convicted of sex crimes against kids, basically. He ended up serving 16 months in prison and now is a permanent lifetime sex offender. Good. So, all because this guy just couldn't stop. Like, it's one thing just to goof around and whatever, especially if you're single. Who gives a shit? But if you're a fucking elected official, married to prominent people, you can't be doing the shit. Yeah. You're, you're too much in the limelight. You're too much. Exactly. Especially when you're in office. Like, they've got a scope on you all the time. Like, you're a congressman and you're tweeting this shit out. How do you how 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 is that a mistake? Like, could you imagine you, if some of these people did up? this? Exactly, exactly. So, anyways, that's Anthony Weiner. Anthony, and I Wiener. just think it's funny how the whole thing changed changed together and ends up with him sinking Hillary Clinton's election, <laughs> basically. Well, do we do we have to thank Anthony Weiner at this point? Ah, uh, maybe not for the pedophile no, shit. He's a bad guy. But, but, yeah, definitely. Anyways, I thought it was kind of funny. Hopefully, we can run that. I don't. Was that too controversial? Could we run that? Was that okay? We could run that. Okay, that's not very controversial. Anyways, on that note, do you have anything else for this episode? I'd say that's about it for me, man. Yeah, that was kind of a tough topic, but I think we muscled through. I think we had some pretty good content. It was, pre- it was pretty good. Yeah, we I had, enjoyed it. We had some good laughs along the way. Definitely. Anyways, did you listen to the last episode? Do you think that one was yeah, okay? That was good. That I, wasn't too bad. Pretty uh, good. 
I felt like Gregor McGregor was one of the better guys that we Gregor on the show. McGregor, definitely. Gregor McGregor, that was a great. Um, we got to do a part two on that. Yeah, we definitely do. Con artist part two. We also got we got to get another Aliens one in soon. Yeah, I feel like it's definitely. been a while since we've gone Aliens. So would that be Aliens part ten? I think it would be part nine. nine. Although we had that appendices episode, so I think it would, it would probably be officially part nine. But it would okay. be like our tenth Alien one. Sure, we got to do that soon too. Our listeners were pretty good. I think we had like thirty-one active listeners hit this week. Yeah, we shared our. Uh, our Facebook post. Did we? The, and uh, for what I've seen, it had some decent amount of engagements. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. I didn't see any of that, but I do have one quick comment on our listener base. Sure. We have gone fully international. Nice. We have listeners not only in the United States, but in Germany, nice. Canada, the UK, Australia, India, the Philippines, Belgium, Italy, Venezuela, Chile, Ireland, Spain, Singapore, Netherlands, and we just got our first one in Barbados this week. Are you shitting me? So we are hitting the scene. Fantastic. Now, one thing I do need to comment on is we have one listener in Germany that's listened to like, I think like 22 episodes. <laughs> thank you. Out of Hesse, Germany, which thank you for listening, except the one thing I'm kind of concerned about, and I'm not really concerned about this, but Hesse is the city state back in old Germany where the Rothschilds kind of took off. Uh-oh. And it might be, the Illuminati might be screening us. So if you are if you are a Germany listener, thank you for listening. But if you're in the Illuminati, just please tweet us and let us know. But we appreciate you listening, Deutschland. Definitely. So it's been kind of interesting looking at some of these stats. Yeah, Seeing where people are listening. Hell yeah. And I was surprised to see so much action in Germany, but hey, I guess we're popular out there. So yeah. we're hitting all the continents we got to hit africa next we need our first listener in africa so definitely if you know anybody in africa please get them to tune into the show please keep telling your friends keep telling your family how many total listens do we have now um i could find that it's like 2800 something oh we're getting there we're getting close to 3000 i think we wanted to do 3000 by the new year we didn't quite crack that that's all right i've been kind of keeping an eye on our unique listeners we're getting like 30 Perfect. we've had as much as like 42 one week so <laughs> and those are individual people so that's pretty good yeah so anyways please keep listening please keep telling your friends uh, that number is 2,895. Man, we're almost there. So, a couple more episodes will be right there. Yep. Anyways, uh, please keep listening. Please tweet us at 30 and please check us out on Facebook. Do you have anything else, Ben? I think that's about it. All right. Well, thank you very much, guys. Peace. Hello, everyone. Welcome to. <laughs> Why are you la- why what are you laughing? You're laughing. You're laughing. No, I'm not laughing. You were I'm, laughing before I'm, I even started. I'm smiling because right. this microphone setup is so much more comfortable than what I've been going with lately. You're just really happy about I'm it. I'm really relaxed. Like, this is the first time where I haven't, because when I'm, like, I get like scrunched down and I, my lungs are collapsing. I, I took a glimpse over you and you're just smirking. And I can't and breathe. And I'm sitting here. I feel fucking relaxed. Good. And I'm usually not relaxed in the studio. I'm usually like really on edge. So Man, why are you so on edge? Because... I can't get comfortable, but this is a much better setup. Now, this shit is hilarious. On May 27th, press secretary George... <laughs> press... <laughs> I don't even know what's coming. I'm laughing. May t- God. <laughs> On May 27th, press secretary... George Christopoulos. <laughs> so, in Canada, there's a George Christopoulos. Here in the United States, there's a George Stephanopoulos. <laughs> Is that what you're laughing about? Yes. <laughs> Damn. What are the chances of a just ridiculous last names? I've, 
you know, like you know what I mean. I it caught me off guard when I first did research on this. I'm like, are you serious? There's a court. There's a George Christopoulos. Have you ever seen any Greek name ever? Oh, it's hilarious. It's all Polus or Papolus or oh, Papadopoulos. Absolutely hilarious. Snuffleupagus. God. Anyways, I'm sorry. Anyways, before we get into it real quick, I got to get this one in. Sure. I'm sorry. Are we running late? Are we good? No. What time is it? I don't know. It's like probably five. Five, five ten. We're fine. Good. So I saw uh, the one movie. You would like this one. Like Hack Hack something. Hackman. Hackman Mountain. Hackman Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw. Is that, is that what it's called? Yeah. It's got... Uh, Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Vince I saw Paul. that one of you a little while ago. You'd, you'd probably like that movie. Dude, I've been telling you to watch that fucking movie for really? like the past. It's yeah, kind of like Band of Brothers, but like dude, Pacific. You're, you're fucking tr- trying to get me right now. You know I've talked about this movie like twelve times. It was pretty good. It's very uh, good. It's a fantastic movie. It's a Mel Gibson movie. Uh, it kind of threw me off seeing Lord Elrond as the alcoholic dad. Yeah, <laughs> that kind of threw me off. But other than that, it was a pretty good movie, dude. I absolutely love Mel Gibson movies. Every one of his damn movies are good. Was that a Mel Gibson movie? Yes. Was he in it? No, but he directed it. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's pretty good. Um, the Patriot, Braveheart. Yep. He directed my fifth favorite movie of all time, Apocalypto. Have you ever seen that movie? No, I've got it. I had it DVR'd. You, you need to watch that fucking movie like tonight. See, they don't, they don't speak English. It's fine. Like The subtitles are good. And the way, the way it is, it's it's fine. You'll okay. be able to read it. It's it's a fantastic movie. It's like so, it's like my top five favorite movies. So ever. your fifth favorite movie of all time? I would say it's in the top five. Okay. Now sure. what are your other four? I don't know. But it, it, this is number five. This is number five. You were pretty set with this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, not only is he smoking crack with Somali drug dealers, he's in a photo with somebody who was murdered. And this could possibly be the last photo this guy ever took. Like, this doesn't look good at all. (laughs) (laughs) This does not look good at all for Rob Ford. So. (laughs) I'm I'm laughing at (laughs) God damn it. I'm laughing at you saying that. Not only was he smoking crack with Somali drug dealers. <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on here? I know, man. It's absolutely ridiculous. 